Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. 13 minutes to go ahead of the close. The Dow is at a record. Find out for sure if we do have another record close on the Dow. The number to beat, 21,553. Yesterday's closing high. Right now, the Dow at 21,566. The Dow is up two-tenths of one percent. S&P also pushing higher, up six to 2449, a gain of three-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 15, a gain also of three-tenths of one percent. Crude oil rebounding today, back above $46 a barrel, up 1.2 percent higher by 54 cents. Again, WTI at 46.03. Gold down $2 the ounce, down two-tenths of one percent. The 10-year is uh, down 6.30 seconds with the yield there of 2.34%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You listen to Bloomberg Markets. Bloomberg Markets is ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Well, minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here's Jenna Dagenhart. If you like sports and investing, you're in luck. There's a new sports-themed ETF made of sponsors and broadcasters. Its ticker is FANS with a Z. Here's Bloomberg Intelligence ETF analyst Eric Polchunas. There is somewhat of a fundamental story here. You know, you look at sports in the United States, the revenue generated has gone up pretty decently over the past 10 years. Anybody who's a sports fan knows that. Uh, It's big business these days. In this ETF, you'll see companies like Anheuser-Busch, Nike, and Coca-Cola. Companies that have something to do with sports are in here, but this is the opposite of what we would call in the industry a pure play. These companies do a lot of other things. Uh, Sports is just one element of most of these companies. Fans is also an equal-weighted fund. Here's what that does. That gives you a little more volatility so that you're giving smaller companies a little louder voice. Even though there are a lot of sports fans out there, Balchunas isn't so sure that the fans ETF will bring in that many investors. These thematic ETFs usually don't set the world on fire. It would be lucky if it takes in a couple hundred million dollars by the end of the year. I'm Jenna Dagenhart. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets with Carol Messer and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. What are you waiting for? A bit of tax reform, maybe. Kevin Miller, CEO and portfolio manager at Evaluator Funds, based in Minneapolis. Great to have you with us today, Kevin. And, well, where do you stand in terms of investing and U.S. outlook when we are seeing perhaps a little bit of a slowness to get the agenda seen through by Donald Trump? Well, I think what we're seeing is uh, the expectations of what uh, the Trump administration was promising uh, being delayed. And But yet, uh, we've seen real nice growth in the marketplace. Uh, it's great to see thus far that the market is holding on to the gains that we experienced yesterday. Uh, we're looking for some real opportunities in financials for the rest second half of the year. Uh, we see technology continuing. And uh, depending on uh, the health reform, uh, health care uh, could be a potential hot spot. And then also we feel uh, defense spending looks real good. Um, do you need a legislation in, in Congress to, have, to make that have to make that sort of investment thesis work? Uh, with the health care, potentially, uh, we don't know what the final outcome would be there. But we do feel that financials, uh, the um, lightening of the regulations uh, in that sector uh, will be beneficial. And then we also feel that technology uh, is just continually evolving, and it'll be the game changer. Uh, just to what degree? Uh, it's, we need to play that out yet. 
Kevin, what do you look at as we await potentially yet another go at the health care reform? Well, at the uh, at the evaluator risk managed strategies, what we have is a, we have a portfolio of six mutual funds of varying degrees of volatility, and if within each mutual fund, we um, we we select uh, passive and active managers, and and we place those allocations based on areas that we feel have the most potential for growth within uh, the realms of risk that each investment is willing to take on. As a result of that. Um, we we use the evaluator software, which is an analytical software that uh, has an, given us the opportunity. Our funds uh, over the last three and five years have outperformed performed the average of their peers uh, by a little over twenty percent uh, for each time frame. Uh, the evaluator. Well, the, yeah, the evaluator. It's I think a, that should be, should be a dude. You should, be, you should have somebody just known as the evaluator <laughs> just standing around. Well. Um, but it's uh, a machine. So it, how it's, does yeah, it work? What, well, what it's, it's a, it's a so- actually, I wrote the software about eight years ago, and, and we uh, put it to use uh, in managing assets, and we're seeing exceptional upside performance with protection on the downside. Um, that's what prompted us to develop the, the, the mutual fund families that we have. But basically, and it's, it's pure equities. Uh, no, it's mutual funds and ETFs. It's fixed income. Um, are very conservative. Has about half the volatility of its peer group, uh, but the sharp ratio is about thirty, forty percent better. So, uh, it's how. It, it, pardon me. How. How is it? How is the yeah? What, what do you think is underlying? What What's within the software? What's within the algorithms that is making it uh, outperform the rest of the market? Okay. Well, it's conservative. <clears throat> what What we do is is we identify uh, what we deem to be a suitable return. We identify what we deem to be uh, unacceptable, intolerable performance, and then we we allow a certain duration. Uh, and then we also apply that to multiple time frames, one through six months and then one through ten year. Um, through the selection process, it's enabled us to pick some of the best managers, uh, passively and actively managed, uh, ETFs, mutual funds. And uh, it's also enabled us to get out of some positions when we see that lagging performance, uh, that trend starting to build up. Uh, <laughs> Our funds have been around for a little over five years, um, and all I can fall back on is uh, historic performance to validate that the software we are using is uh, is, is 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 working for our for our clients. Uh, it's it's interesting stuff here. Um, is the has the data sources themselves changed a lot since you first wrote the software? Um, we that you know one thing I should have answered the other other question was you know when I mentioned the benchmark. We need to use a universal benchmark. So we use Morningstar's data. So Morningstar updates our data, uh, updates, um, we get a 32, about 32,000 funds and ETFs updated, uh, daily. And then, um, the averages that we're comparing against are the category averages that Morningstar slots us in. Uh, so, uh, they have for asset allocation, uh, funds, you know, 15 to 30% equity, 30 to 50. So the, the data itself, um, is just pure peer group data, whatever. If 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 we're looking at a a, a large cap growth fund inside one of our portfolios, right. it's relative to whatever their peer. Is there group a lot is. of? Are you able to avoid overlap because so many funds own so many of the same Absolutely. things? If you own three yeah. funds, you actually end up owning all the same stocks. Yeah. No, no, we we that's something we watch very closely. And uh, since it's an open architecture platform, uh, we use every fund and ETF complex out there. I mean, so. 
you know, when you look at fund families, you can identify where their strengths are. You know, some funds are just stronger overseas equities, some stronger domestic equities, and some stronger fixed income. On the fixed income side, you know, you asked how are we doing this. Uh, obviously, diversification is the key component with regard to uh, higher sharp ratio with about half the volatility. Right. Um, but then our fixed income, we've we've really enjoyed um, some good performance out of our high yield uh, emerging market debt and then um, um, financials. So uh, that has helped us uh, provide alpha to our to our clients in 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 and we use a kind of a core and a satellite approach where our core might be shorter term bonds in a period of rising interest rates. Uh, we don't want to get caught holding anything too long, <clears throat> but then to supplement that core holding, we're we're allocating um, into convertibles, high yield, and 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 whatnot. Interesting stuff. Um, uh, wow, we're gonna keep an eye on this one. It's, it sounds like probably a lot of fee shopping going on too. But uh, yeah, stuff. Uh, Kevin, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Kevin Miller, that's called the Evaluator Funds Group. Uh, he's portfolio manager and CEO there. Glad to have you on. You've been listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Corey Johnson at Corey TV. Carol Masser out today. Caroline Hyde at Caroline Hyde. That's correct on Twitter. Yes. At Caroline Hyde TV. Yeah. There it is at Caroline Hyde TV on Twitter. She's there in London. And this is Bloomberg. <laughs>